You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. Uh, if you join us for the first time, which I know there's a lot of people listening on the west side of the state uh, to this interview, we are The Undercard. We are a podcast from uh, the fight capital of the world, Detroit, Michigan. And we've been doing this for five years. A little bit about my credentials. I write for fightnews.com, which is one of the biggest uh, boxing websites in the world, was the first boxing website in the world. Also, um, oh, well, no, I've been given the credentials. Jeez, why, why, why you got to do that? Uh, we got Jimmy, who's a, a vet. Um, not only is he a veteran and we thank him for serving, but uh, has been with the show since the beginning. We got Rochelle, who's been running the board. What? And I also fought in MMA about oh, a decade oh, yeah, ago. Yeah. I'm not, not listening to all my uh, – you know, Well, it's kind of relevant to our show. That's true. True. <laughs> you know, I, I could see that. Uh <laughs> Rochelle, then, all right, since we're doing that, Rochelle's probably been to more professional fights than most people in yeah, in the world. Probably. Um, always helping out. And uh, we also have Cody Stamen, who is a UFC star, who's part uh, of the I show. I do manage the Ring Girls, too. Yeah, that, too. You got that. And she produces the show. <laughs> and you produce the show. So, uh, you know, we got a lot going on. The first <laughs> half of the show is brought to you by the Michigan Golden Gloves Championships. It's happening at the Delta Plex, a place that Cody uh, is very familiar with. He's fought MMA there. But it's uh, May 4th and May 5th. They start at 7 p.m. this weekend. Tickets um, are available at thedeltaplex.com, or you can order them by phone at 616-364-9000. All shows start at 7 p.m., so this is their final weekend, May 4th and May 5th. And that would bring us to our first guest here in a minute. Uh, It's going to be Patrick Schmidt, uh, who is a professional referee, um, also a board member of the Michigan Golden Gloves. He's going to tell us a little bit about what they got going on and – See, I get distracted. If you're watching us on Twitch, how, how can people watch us on Twitch? Uh, go to www.twitch.tv backslash team undercard. There you go. And you can see how I get distracted by Rochelle occasionally. I just didn't want that on the page. That's all. Oh, okay. It's cool. I got to write down our first guest uh, number here. So, anyways, uh, but we will also be touching on a lot of things that have happened. Uh, Jimmy, our Marvel expert, we do touch on pop culture occasionally. Did you see a it yet? Big movie. Yeah. Okay, I saw, movie came I saw out. it opening night. We're gonna like oh. not even opening night. I saw it Thursday night at nine thirty p.m. Oh my god! Well, we're not amazing. Gonna, we're not going to do no any spoilers, spoilers. No spoilers. We'll, we'll talk. What I will. We of it. I will. And I and I have a, a picture I need to send to you guys because you'll get it. But it's just a bunch of random pictures without any context. And it's just – it says spoilers, Infinity War, no context. 
just so that you guys get an idea, there's a picture of a bunny. There's a picture of a donut. There's a picture of... We saw it. I know, so I'm saying. So, but you would get those references. The bunny, the donut. Uh, there was a picture of... Um, uh, uh, what? Oh, there was something... Um, oh, dust. There was a picture of just dust. Mm-hmm. So people who have seen the movie will get the references, but people who have not seen the movie will have absolutely no idea what these pictures represent. We're also going to talk... Uh, you know, uh, Dearborn Divine Child had a uh, uh, modesty stupid. show. Uh, so we're going to talk stupid. a little bit about that, and uh, but we're going to start off with our first guest. Waste no time and, and call Patrick here, and uh, find out a little bit more about what's happening on the west side of the state with the Michigan Golden Gloves. This is Patrick. Hey, Patrick. This is Brad. You're live on the air with the undercard. How are you today? Hey, no kidding. Hey, I'm doing great. Right? How are you doing? <laughs> no Good. kidding. We just Good. randomly call you. <laughs> uh, we are joined by Patrick Schmidt, awesome. who is a professional uh, boxing referee, amateur boxing referee. You also do judging. I've seen you do judging. And then uh, you're a board member of the Michigan Golden Gloves, and it's a big weekend for you guys. That is correct. I'm the, I'm the annual current uh, tournament director for the uh, Michigan Golden Gloves Association. My 11th year doing that as well. Awesome. And uh, once again, mm-hmm. I want to touch uh, base uh, with the Michigan Golden Gloves. It's happening at the Delta Plex May 4th and May 5th this weekend. They're going to be crowning some champions, uh, announcing their uh, national team. Uh, and the doors are at 6. The event starts at 7. And uh, you can get tickets at deltaplex.com. Uh, really quick, Patrick, uh, for the people that don't know much about you, uh, tell us how you got into boxing and how you got into uh, being a referee. Okay, well, um, I started in my first uh, tournament, Golden Gloves tournament, downtown Grand Rapids when I was 15 years old. The age was actually 16, so, uh, you know, um, kind of a white lie, I guess you would say. (laughs) But uh, my father was a Golden Glover back when he was a young man, and he encouraged me and my brothers to uh, take up the sport. And uh, so I have three older brothers that, were already boxing and encouraged me to start coming to the gym with them as I got a little older. And so, um, I did and fought at one twelve my first year, I ended up fighting five years in the golden gloves. And it just, you know, with a big Catholic family, um, we like to have a lot of fun too in life. And it was just a good place for me to go and, and to keep my head together and, and stay in good shape and feel good about myself that I could do this certain sport. Um, the Golden Gloves, and uh, again, I fought five years. I I actually ended my career uh, in my fifth year at a state AAU final in Detroit, Michigan, actually in an ice arena against one of your well-known crop fighters at at one time named Duan Johnson. Oh, wow. So that was was kind of fun, but it was a very tough fight, and uh, I was working full-time and trying to get on my feet, and uh, so I had to finally give it up, but uh, it really, uh, it really helped me in life to uh, to uh, get my stuff together and, and feel good about myself and be in great shape. Um, my father fought one year in the Golden Gloves. Uh, went to Chicago and fought. He was 16 years old when he went to Chicago in the Nationals and lost to a guy who was 26 years old with two kids. So, um, and then he went in the uh, Navy after that. So. Uh, 
he never fought again after that, but uh, raised eight kids, um, stuff like that. But well, love, that's love that... Golden Glove boxing. It's my 27th year actually um, helping uh, one of my coaches from the gym, Dangerous Dan Kelly, they called him. Um, he got me into uh, officiating. Uh, on the night my dad's best friend retired from uh, uh, refereeing, it was his 25th year, and he retired that night. And his name was Max Harnish. And even a lot of people in Detroit remember Max Harnish. He was a slender man that refed a lot of pro fights as well. And uh, the Mayweathers, he refed all the Mayweathers at one time or another. And then he retired that night at the Golden Gloves term. And I, I went up to the ringside with, and I asked Dan Kelly, I said, well, geez, that's too bad about Max retiring. Who's going to take his place? And he, he looked at me and pointed his finger at me and he says, you are. <laughs> so I, uh, I said, wow, really? You think I could do that? And uh, so I got started with that from uh, my own coach, Dan Kelly, teaching me. He actually helped uh, Frank Garza quite a bit, too, in the beginning of Frank's career as an amateur official. And then Frank went on to, uh, of course, do worldly things that he's still doing. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of connections between boxing people and officials and and coaches and trainers and you know we're all just one big connected family whether we're in Detroit or Minneapolis. Now, uh, at obviously the Detroit Golden Gloves or the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, our history includes Joe Lewis, but you guys got uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. as part of your guys' legacy, uh, one of the greatest boxers of all time, sure top twenty. Uh, maybe the best defensive fighter of all time. Um, it, it would tell tell us a little bit more about the uh, your guys's history because I sit on the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves board, so we'll often talk about our history. But uh, talk a little bit about the history of the Michigan Golden Gloves. Yes, you know what a lot of people seem to forget sometimes is the fact that the Golden Gloves is one of the few amateur boxing entities that. At the end of all their state tournaments, part of their franchise responsibility is to send a full team of boxers to the national tournament, all expenses paid. And, you know, that gets to be pretty expensive at times. Like, let's say you're, you're from Michigan and now you got to fly a whole team clear across the country to Utah. That gets real expensive. If you can drive to Indiana, of course, then you're going to have a lot less expenses that year. So, um, we have to raise a lot of money throughout the year uh, to do that. And um, this year in particular is very unique in that in, in the 87 year history, the females are now totally equal and are going to go to our tournament after they qualify in our state, in whatever franchise they were in. And, and they are now also getting all expenses paid along with the men. So, you know, some states have to raise double the money, uh, which can be challenging. And uh, there was two franchises last year that couldn't even afford to send the men to the national tournament. And that's that's kind of sad, but it does happen. I mean, we've got to keep at working these tournaments and raising a lot of money. And, and Andrew Stewart, I will say, since he took over the franchise over there, he's done a, a wonderful job. He's a great official and a and a great administrator and a great leader, and um, we're lucky to have him. We've had Mr. Dave Packer over here for almost 40 years, and he's also currently the National Golden Gloves president that he worked his way up to as well. And so that's pretty unique. But, uh, you know, 
Floyd Mayweather Jr., we sent him three times, all expenses paid, with a brand new uniform on him, hotel room, food throughout the week, three times. We sent his father once, and I asked Floyd Mayweather Sr. a couple months ago in our gym when he came to visit. I says, you know, I says to Floyd, I said, you know, when I first went to my first National Golden Gloves tournament as a referee on the team with the boxers, that was the first time I ever rode on a jet airplane. And he looked me back in the eye and got all excited. And he says, you know what, Pat? He says, when I went to the National Golden Gloves as a young man, that was the first jet airplane ride I ever took, too. So, mm-hmm. and it's pretty unique what the Golden Gloves and, and boxing can do for young men and young women. And we also sent, uh, you know, Chris Bird, the Flint District comes to our, you know, getting back to our tournament this weekend. It's the Saginaw, Flint, Bay City, St. John's sub-franchise area that determines their champion and runner-up. And they come to Grand Rapids here this weekend for our state tournament, and they fight our champions and our runner-ups in each weight class. And that's how that comes together with our state. Detroit is such a larger area that you have so many boxers as it is in your huge city and outer outer line areas that you don't really have the sub-franchise injection like we do. But uh, the reason I was mentioning that is because we also sent Chris Bird a few times to the National Golden Gloves. His brother Patrick, I believe, and his other brother. Um, Peter Quinlan, I don't even, I'm not even real sure if Peter actually went to the Nationals. So he was awful good, but he didn't, you know, he just jumped into the pros a little quicker than some do. But, but yep. Peter fought out of our franchise. Uh, I mean, there's quite a few. Tony Tucker. Uh, I used to train with Tony Tucker in the gym when I was a, a young amateur. Um, that was really cool because he, I mean, that guy had the best one, two, three punch I've ever seen. And, uh, Let's face it, he gave Tony Tucker one heck of a fight that first time. A lot of, a lot of people actually thought he beat uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah. But, uh, uh, he's another one. Tony Tucker won the, won the uh, oh, I forgot that other tournament. He, uh, it's a worldly tournament. He won that, too. So. Yeah, you guys Quite got a few fighters from Michigan over the years. You guys got a great history too. We're all, we're all proud to be from Michigan, and uh, you know you've been a mentor to me. We but we bounce ideas off uh, when I got on the board. Uh, the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, as you said, Ansel came out about the same time. There's a few of us, and you know we we really respected how organized you guys were. And you were talking about the money to fund the team, and the most important thing is attendance too. Uh, people see the sponsors, and that's good. But actually, the attendance money, it does add up per day, and that's why it's important for people to come out and support uh, amateur tournaments as often as they can. And uh, because those gates, those live gates add to the team, and you're supporting somebody. And I can't remember what pro fighter told me at our tournament, but um, a well-respected pro fighter, and I, man, I'm blanking on the name. He, He came over to me and he said he would trade his pro wins for amateur wins uh, because he, he loved the amateurs so much and how much fun he had in the amateurs tournaments. And I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate that comment. And once you get to pros and working with promoters and stuff, everything becomes more difficult. That's true. That's true. It, and it, it's, it's every bit as tough, if not tougher, but it, but it is more fun and, you know, more of a family type of atmosphere and not so, 
business-like, if you will, when it comes right down to it. Now, the um, yeah, uh, Golden Gloves can have a, a gym franchise, too. You guys actually have a gym on the west side of the state, which we don't. Tell us a little bit about your gym. Yeah, you know, when Mr. Packer took over, and, and incidentally, Dave was one of my coaches as well when I was a young man. Um, but at, at one time, it got to the point where the uh, VFW, Furniture City Post, um, did no longer want to pr- promote and run the and own the franchise. And they were ready to give it up and just let it go. And Mr. Packer stepped up and says, my gosh, we, we can't let this go. Um, you know, it saves a lot of lives, keeping people in these gyms working out and so on. And, uh, and Dave, uh, so he, he took his crew of volunteers and the Grand Rapids press was a, was a huge sponsor as well. And then they, they backed out along at the same time, the American Legion, uh, said that they had to let it go as well. So Dave picked it up from them and ran with the franchise with a group of volunteers that had already been in place for quite a few years. Because we've always helped out like our fathers and mothers had helped out ahead of us. So we had a good core of volunteers that uh, stuck with Dave and are still with Dave all these years uh, to keep this going over here. And, uh, you know, without all those volunteers, I tell you what, uh, we couldn't keep it going. And yes, the ticket sales are, are very important. And we are... We are a very good fight town, if you will, over here. We have great crowds uh, that do support us, and, and, and we need to keep that going as as now we have to fund any of the female open fighters as well, along with the males in an ever-changing market that, let's face it, the MMA has taken away uh, quite a bit of our marketplace. So we, we've got to fight and keep what we do have uh, still in place. Now I wanted. Sure. Now, I wanted to touch uh, base really quick uh, before we let you go about I think you're one of the best referees in the Midwest. I, I, I cover a lot of events. I absolutely enjoy talking to you ringside. Um, but referees, first off, I have never asked. We've had Frank Garza on the show, but I've never asked this. Do you, do you get nervous before fights? I mean, you're not technically part of the, the action, but you are in front of people. Is there still a little bit of stage fright for referees? I always was kind of curious about that because you are standing in front of people. Do you still get kind of butterflies? Um, and then the next question I had is referees can really determine a fight. Do you kind of go into there knowing that, hey, I'm going to be a little bit stricter? Do you, you kind of research some of the boxers and know that this guy likes to clinch a little bit more? Do you kind of have a game plan going into fights? Those were the two questions I wanted to leave you with. Yeah, well, uh, the first question there, yeah, you do get a little bit uh, of the butterfly situation. Um, you know, but just like fighters, as soon as the bell rings and you start moving around, it goes right away. But, you know, there's always that little bit of, and, and it's more of, I guess it's more of, you know, what weird thing could happen here tonight it, it, other than the, the normal tough boxing. And, and, t- and sometimes you have to be a little more firm with some boxers than others that don't want to listen at times. And you really hate to be that kind of a, you know, bad guy, so to speak, but sometimes you have to be, if that's what the job entails. And you got a guy from out of state that, you know, he starts as soon as you walk up to him and, and give him and start giving him instructions. He starts in right away with a very defensive attitude that, you know, he's in your state and you're out to get him and you're out to screw him or something like that. And, uh, 
um, you have to just nip that right in the bud and let them know that you're fair, that you're going to follow the rules. And, uh, you know, the second part of the question, um, I'm sorry, that was more, uh, Give me, give me that second part again. I, I was but, saying uh, that a referee is so so involved in the fight, they can determine uh, if it, the fight. So do you do research a little bit ahead of time to know if a fighter clinches a little bit more? How, do you have a, like a little game plan based really off their don't. background? Yeah, I really don't. I mean, and, and I've had a few big fights over the years where you, you know the fighters that are in them because they fought a long time and you know what kind of habits they may have had in the past. And you just kind of make a mental note in your head. Well, yeah, that guy, I remember he was on TV a couple of times and he did this and that. And that's kind of, you know, in your mind, so to speak. But you, you try not to have any preconceived uh, notions about what you're, you're going to try to go after or do to somebody. Um, I like to go into it really not even knowing their bad habits or sometimes who I'm even reffing that night until I'm there. You know, it's like, okay, you're taking the even, I'm taking the odd, let's go do it. And it's like, okay, this guy, that guy, you know, I mean, you try to, you just really, you know, you mentioned earlier there about how a referee may uh, have something to do with an outcome at times, where in my career, that's, that's one of my biggest things right there, like you're talking about. I don't want my work to have to be ever involved in, in determining that a guy a guy might have won and maybe he shouldn't have won because I did this or that that I shouldn't have done or what have you. I want it to always be the most fair I can ever be with boxers and, and never never have an outcome due to something I did or didn't do right when it, it's always got to be the boxers that earn that win. You know, exactly. I've got a couple ticket prices for you this weekend, too. If I could just absolutely buy that real quick, we've got $12 is all our general mission is for Friday night $12 to get in. Saturday night, it's $15 to get in. We have bleacher seating that go way up. So, those seats in the bleachers for $12 and $15 are all very good seats. I mean, you're ring level on some of those, too. So, they're awesome. And then you go to ringside, which Friday night, ringside are 20, and Saturday night, ringside are 25. So, obviously, amateur boxing for our group and our people that have been coming for 40, some of our guests, I've got, I've got ringside seat buyers, which I sell a month ahead of time. Two months ahead of time, actually, because I'll sell them for a month to our advanced ticket buyers, and then for a month they go back to the box office. But I've got two people in in particular been fifty and fifty one years buying these same seats from me. That's or, awesome. Uh, say, Michigan Golden Glove. And there's a lot of people that are twenty. They're on their twentieth year, thirtieth year, fortieth year. It's amazing how the support we get for some of these ringside seat buyers. So. With that in mind, too, we, we try to keep our prices down and affordable, and it is a family-type atmosphere at our tournament. The uh, We did add some table seating, which may, may or may not be sold out because they have gone really well. I've got 10 tables on one side and 10 tables of sponsors on the other side, and those table seats on Friday night are $40.00. And the table seats on Saturday night are fifty dollars a seat, and those, like I said, they they could be gone because there's only a hundred of hundred of them over there. But uh, you just never know. People go online and find out. 
Hmm. And that's at deltaplex.com, or they can go to our website, which is Michigan Golden Gloves Boxing or MichiganGoldenGloves.com. If you just go to MichiganGoldenGloves.com, you can that'll take you right to the ticket buying area as well. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us. I'll be there Saturday night. It'll be the first time I've ever been to the Michigan Golden Gloves, and I'm excited about it. And uh, thank you so much for giving us some time and insight. Thank you. Got to run. You have a great uh, weekend, and we'll see you Friday or uh, Saturday probably. Yep, Saturday. Take care, right, Patrick. Thanks, Brad. That is Patrick thanks Schmidt. Thanks for the nice compliments, too. Oh, I appreciate Oh, that. absolutely. Thank you for all the years of service. You've influenced so many lives that, uh, you know, you think about it, how many lives have gone through. But I know you got to run. I will talk to you soon, buddy. Take care now. All right, that is Patrick Schmidt, uh, board member, uh, actually tournament director of the Michigan Golden Gloves. Once again, uh, that's at the Delta Plex this weekend, May 4th and 5th. Uh, you can go to deltaplex.com, get tickets. Um, but if you never check it out, amateur boxing, it is different from pro boxing. Um, and like I said, you're, you're, you're helping out a cause. The gate is a huge uh, deal. And I know Patrick had a lot of people listening from the west side of the state. So we want to welcome you to the undercard and what we do here. And then uh, if Cody does show later, Cody is a west sider. He could probably mm-hmm. tell yeah, us every absolutely. the ins and outs of uh, yeah. Grand Rapids, <laughs> where to go and where not to go. No, don't go there. Go there. Go there. Don't, don't go there. But uh, we want to thank Patrick Schmidt. But uh, while we're uh, waiting – um, I did want to say the first half, again, was sponsored by Michigan Golden Gloves. But uh, big weekend in movie history. Um, we do talk pop culture here every once in a while. and um, th- This was a decade in the making. Yeah, this I is a, this is. I mean, if you think about it, from Iron Man, which opened in 2008, it's now 2018. Ten years worth of Marvel movies leading up to this movie. Who would have well, thought John from first Swingers? Parse. This first part, like I know, this. this first part of a two-part actual movie. John from Swingers yeah. directed the first I hear. Your yeah. money, you don't even know exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> you're so you're so money and you don't so even know. So money. Uh, and then he, he started as the bodyguard in the second one, but I don't think he directed the second one. But uh, so Yeah, I'm not sure. Avengers of Infinity War yeah. uh, shatters all the records. Yeah. Not only that, um, we got to... We're not spoiling anything. You know there's another movie coming. Right. You got to yeah. wait a, a year, year for the next yeah. chapter. But there's two movies, very important movies, that come out in the interim. Ant-Man and Wasp. Wasp. And then Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil something, but. No. Shut I didn't your spoil face. anything. I didn't spoil no, anything. No, no spoilers. But uh, I do have to say, uh, for people that are used to it, uh, there is no mid-credits Scene, but there is an end credit scene. So do stay until the very end after the credits. Yeah, Rochelle, stay till the very end. Uh, I can have I to go? She, okay. okay. Uh, she You're not spoiling. No, 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 spoiling no. anything. No. She left five minutes before the movie ended. Oh no! How was I supposed to know it was going to end right there? She had to go to the bathroom so bad. Oh, I thought it was no. hurting. Yeah, I, th- I okay. thought she was emotional. Yeah, and she, took off. she had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> she had to go to the bathroom, yeah. and she missed the last. Part. Oh no! I come back in and the credits are rolling. I'm like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> so Oops. we could have made up any ending. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, no mid credit scene. It's a lot of credits. So. 
Uh, but stick with it to the end. Uh, there is an end credit scene. Now, I don't know if everything is true on the internet. I've been told no. But supposedly it's already elapsed Justice League. Oh, yeah. I think on two, uh, today. I think it so, It was supposed yeah. to elapse the yeah. total gross for Justice yeah. League. I mean, it's shattering <laughs> box office records. Yeah. Just shattering well, them. Well, it, it's very much like Star Wars or other stuff. I know somebody that's already seen it three times. Yeah. Went Thursday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. Uh, when, Michael Reisner. I think it's Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael uh, definitely saw I, it. I wanted and, to see it again over the weekend, but I didn't. I had other things going on, but- I will definitely see it again in the in the theaters because there's a couple of things that now knowing everything, I kind of want to go back and relook uh, at a couple of spots and because I think I noticed something, but I'm not sure if I noticed it. Why don't you blo- or I, I read all the time? Why don't, why don't you go see and Easter join eggs. a communicate uh, in the community? <laughs> what? I don't know what I just said. I made a word. I don't. It's like, <laughs> can I? What can, do you? Uh, why don't I go and find communities after movies and talk with people? Why don't you get with fellow Marvel fans and see if you saw what you saw? And then when you go in it, you're looking for it more. Because I want to see it on my own okay. first. You don't then, want anyway. then 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 afterwards I'll I'll I'm well and I I do I don't go into communities but I do have a friends that. Uh, I communicate with that are big into Marvel. They're a couple of friends. They specifically got into the comics when the Infinity Watch and Infinity Gauntlet uh, story arc was happening in Marvel 20 years ago. And that's what got them like into comics because it was so good. Um, and so I, I kind of wanted their take on, on, on this, but one of them hasn't seen it yet. And the other one hasn't processed it yet is what he said. It happens. So, yeah, you know, well, these yeah, are. It took us a, like a good day to like actually. Well, lately, want to talk about. Yeah, it. yeah, lately I don't score movies like I used to. I actually let it sink in, and then I, 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 I rate everything. So I rate movies too, and it took me like a a year to like, or not a year, a day to Cody? rate it. And so, anyways, um, oh no, these are non spoilers. Wait, oh no, what? Uh, just what Cody said. Oh wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So Cody will not be in tonight. No. Uh, so anyways, yeah. uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. These are non-spoiler spoilers. Okay. First, I like Captain America with a beard. Yeah. Rochelle doesn't like him with a beard, uh, but I think he looks amazing. Well, he's... And you know what? It is a spoiler, but it's a non-spoiler but spoiler. But technically, oh, yeah, it's not a non It's a non-spoiler because they... It's in the previews. It's in the trailers. Right. But... Technically, he's not Captain America. He's Nomad, which is what – I mean they never called him that in the movie. But if you if you read the comics, when Captain America stops being Captain America, he became Nomad. The, the, the muted uh, suit, the beard, all that kind of like that, he took on the moniker of Nomad. And so he was – and the reason he called, no, he called himself Nomad is because he owed no allegiance to any country. He was a Nomad. So, but I mean, it's, they still call him Cap and they still, you know, but yeah, I love him with a beard for one reason and one reason only. I can now cosplay Captain America. There you go. I saw that coming. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, another non-spoiler spoiler. Chris Pratt's gone back to fat Chris Pratt. I know I, he yeah. looked like community Chris and Pratt. Then, I like fat Chris Pratt. But he looked but, like fat Chris but Pratt. I again. love the fact, and this is not a spoiler right. per se. They're spoiler non-spoiler. They're spoiler non-spoiler, but they do make fun of it in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And I and I love that they brought that attention to that. <laughs> But you know what? Honestly, boy found some carbs. But you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I did not notice that much. I did. I really didn't. I really didn't notice in the that face. much. Going through a divorce. Yeah, yeah. it's in the and face. And that's all right. Yeah, he's allowed. No, no human being can hold on to a body type like that for so long. Because he went straight out of Guardians of the Galaxy two right into filming this movie. He didn't have a break. You know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, they have a break where they can calm down a little bit and then get back into shape. They He didn't have that. Uh, non-spoiler spoiler. Um, I thought we were in a sold-out crowd. I thought the crowd would be a little bit more... Uh, Energetic? Yeah, like Star Animated. Wars, where cheer when it starts and everything. Think, did you have that kind of crowd? Or yeah, did people... we... Well, no, I had that kind of crowd, but I think it's because the entire movie people were holding their breath. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it kind of was. You know, they uh, it's you know, it, spoiler non spoiler. You know, there there were just it was constant action, just kept going and going and going, and it was like this nonstop freight train. And the entire time you're holding your breath, like waiting, waiting for like, okay, you know, uh, uh, you're you're waiting for a break. Is basically what it was, but there was no break. It was just constant, constant, constant. And you're like, okay, so I think that's kind of why there was no lull in the action, in the events of what was happening. So it was a constant, like almost holding your breath kind of thing the entire time. And when, when we get off the air, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more what I mean by that, but I don't want to spoil it. So, right. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, non-spoiler. It's a two-hour and forty-five-minute movie. Yep. What? I, this I don't understand. Right. So with Dances with Wolves, certain films will hit like three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I think Lincoln. You'd have to look it up. But what would Spielberg do? Lincoln? It. Why not extend know. it out a little bit? It's too much, especially for a Marvel movie, because you got to remember. Well, it's not too much for the actors, because I, I. Well, no, I was trying to figure out because of the, there's so much going on. Right. Not a lot of shoot dates. Actually, for the actors, big huge production teams yes, big, from Disney and Marvel. Teams. Not a lot of well, yes and no, but also you got to remember that they filmed both parts at the together. same time at together, right? But I think uh, it wasn't longer because they probably the studio probably made them trim it down a little bit more. I I'm hoping that maybe there's a director's cut that it maybe tops out at like three hours, right? You know. Uh, the Graham Norton show. Did you ever catch? Uh, I love Graham Norton. Mar- Mark Hamill on it. I've caught it multiple times. Okay. Did you Did you hear where he he said that he had the he was the only one that knew the the secret to Luke? I am your father. Yeah. Uh, the, yes. Well, him and James Earl, but James Earl had both right. lines to say. Right. Right. Yes. And then he Harrison Ford yes. leaned over to him in the yep. premiere and said, "You didn't tell me about that." <laughs> yeah. And uh, but here you have a lot of people that probably have to wait a year on the secret spoiler, not spoiler. Yeah. That holy cow! Like yeah. It, well, there's already there's already stress, man. Well, it's a lot of stress, and there's already like, like there's already things like there, you know. Uh, people are were doing interviews for this part of the movie that they had to cut out that 
because they they almost, confused the day. Well, not even they confused the day, but they confused which which part of the movie. That's what I'm saying. That happened in right. Exactly. We, me and Rochelle, will have long days sometimes where we're just like that. Seemed actually today. Yeah, we're like that seemed like yesterday. Yeah, where you might think that wait what part is it you know that the that it is right but that's a long time to sit on a secret because every barbecue you go to every yeah. la oh, restaurant yeah. you go to oh, yeah. everyone's People gonna be, are gonna asking be just um bugging you but overall you're satisfied i loved it okay i absolutely loved it there and 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 this is a spoiler non-spoiler but i with thanos i think they finally got a marvel villain right Okay. Like, I love Loki because I love Tom Hiddleston. I love Loki. He was a great villain. Ultron was kind of a MacGuffin, but he was okay. I hated the Mandarin. I didn't really like Whiplash. You know, Ronan the, Ronan the Accuser was good for what he was. You know, but there there wasn't, like, every single villain, it just, he he's a villain. And he, they're, they're just... Their their motives are not true to what what makes a great villain is that at some point in time you could stop yourself and go you know what maybe he has a point and then you go no wait that's just terrible it's terrible that I thought that and with Thanos you kind of get that a couple times you're like I mean what he's doing is terrible but I mean. You know, you know, but some yeah. politics there. Uh, well, it's not even some politics. It's his motives were a little bit more, and his motives in the movie are are what he wants to do is the same, but the reason he wants to do it is totally different than in the comics, right? Um, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away because no. it might be spoiler a spoiler, spoiler, but right, but I, 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 Thanos, I think was the most, the 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 best. Marvel villain that we've seen thus far. Um, there's been some really, really good ones. Like I love Helga. Like I said, I love Loki. You know, some really good ones. But he by far – and also it's because slowly over the past 10 years, we've been building up to this guy. We've seen him a little bit. We've seen snippets of him in like post credit scenes. We've he's been he's like Dracula. He's been talked about a lot, but we hadn't actually seen him until towards the end. So same with Dracula. If you ever read the book, Dracula, the actual person Dracula is only in like a third of the book, but he's talked about consistently throughout the book. So it makes him a bigger figure. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Thanos. Thanos has always been this thing in the background and now he's in the foreground and he didn't disappoint. Josh Brolin as a voice actor, holy crud. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was amazing bringing the voice of Thanos. Right. Amazing. And I can't wait to see him as Cable in Deadpool. Yeah, it, there was a lot exactly. of uh, a lot of speculation before he before it came out that it was going to be a terrible CGI and oh, that he so... was terrible choice oh, for it. No, uh, that was one part I I did like. Yeah, I mean he was he was he brought a sense of humanity to Thanos. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying in the in in the way that he did his voiceover work. You know, there was a sense of humanity to Thanos, which is insane considering what he was trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it was very, very well done. I'm very excited to see him as Cable in Deadpool 2 as well because I, I think he was a good choice as Cable. Right. Yeah. Uh, 20th Century Fox, of course. Uh, I, and this is not a spoiler because this has been a while. But we, as I've not seen the Wolverine movies. I don't know. They just don't appeal to me. The the X-Men Wolverine separate movies. Actually, I don't like the X-Men movies either. Um, but – I didn't know Wolverine died, and it said from the the you know the Deadpool trailer they showed before uh, Avengers two. It said from the studio that killed Wolverine. That's the first time I've, I I knew that Wolverine had died. But uh, so it was kind of funny. Yeah, whether it happens or not, I'm not yeah. going to see the movie. So oh, she might. So maybe it's, not for her. It, but I thought that was funny. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it, it, it is funny. The Wolverine well, movies are so bad. Well, and not only that, but. But Ryan Reynolds has – and Deadpool itself has constantly poked fun at Hugh Jackman X-Men and Wolverine and, yep. and, and you know, all that kind of stuff like that. You know, in the, the very first uh, Deadpool movie, he's like, I know what you're asking yourself. Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my own movie? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with Wolverine. Yep. You know? I mean, that's – and, and the reason they, they do that is because – in it, the terrible, terrible take on Wade Wilson slash Deadpool from the X-Men. from from the X Men First Class was when they were when they created the whatever abomination that they did out of Wolverine's things, which is how they did it in the first one, and they. So when they did Deadpool, they retconned it and made it so that he wasn't getting his powers from Wolverine. He was getting his powers from it himself. It wasn't first class. Or whatever it was. It, it was wasn't just, first class. It, no, it was just uh, it was just Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine Origins. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what he it was. was. part of the spot, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Wolverine Origins, yeah. Yeah, he was – that's where they were, you know <clears> – Doing all the experiments and – yeah. yeah. Where he took like a bunch of parts from different. Yeah, so does mouth shut, and it was just, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible, and that's and here's the thing though, Ryan Pretty Reynolds, bad. Ryan Reynolds from that that from that time, uh, uh, petitioned to have an actual real Deadpool movie made, and it wasn't until they made that video that went viral on the internet that Fox Studios went, okay, fine, right. you can do it, and then just blew everything out of the water. Now. Because uh, nobody else could play Deadpool besides Ryan Reynolds. I mean, really. And if you would have saw the Green Lantern film, <laughs> and I would have told you that he would be resurrected as one of the more popular uh, hero franchises, you'd be like, "No, don't way. make my suit animated yeah, or th- green." Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. No, you would have thought there's no way he could have saved himself from that bad uh, film, and then somehow. Well, but that back. wasn't. But that was just it. It wasn't Ryan Reynolds' fault. And everybody oh, no. knew that. No. Yeah, everybody knew that because everybody said. Okay, great. Not George Clooney's fault, Joel Schumacher's fault. Right. Those movies, not Val Kilmer's fault, right. Joel Schumacher's, you know. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but it was they, it was just the whole movie was ill-advised. The whole thing that they did was ill-advised. Uh, but um, he – and that was just it is everybody was saying he's playing de- – he's playing a Hal Jordan as Deadpool. You know, and everybody's like, he's not Hal Jordan. He's Deadpool. Even when that was going on, you know, like, and he was petitioning even then to play Deadpool. Yeah. You know, 
trying to get it, trying to get it made because that was the role that he was born to play. I mean, uh, out of all the superheroes, I mean, really, oh, yeah. you know, really, he, he, even even in uh, Blade Three, you mm. saw you saw Emmett, you saw remnants of Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds' performance. You know, you yeah. saw a lot of Ryan Reynolds. You saw a lot of Ryan Reynolds in Blade Three. I didn't see Blade Three. Yeah. Lots of shirtless scenes. Mm-hmm. Just Friends, one of my favorite movies, Ryan Reynolds in it. You know, one of my favorite movies. But let's go to our first break. When we come back, we have What's on Tap with Jimmy, and then we have Kenny Moore. He's throwing uh, Second to None uh, Promotions is back. They're throwing uh, Pro Boxing in Michigan. That's going to be our sponsor for the second half of the show. He's going to tell us what's going on at the 8.05 mark. We'll be back in a few. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the undercard. It is eight o'clock. That means it's time for What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Although I'm drinking root beer. Well, it's still, I mean, if you trip, you're falling down. So, I mean, it would still be technically Falling Down Beer Company. There you go. Uh, starting with boxing, May 2nd in Thailand, we have Juan Hang uh, Mena, Mena Yothin versus Leroy Estrada. 12 rounds for Mena Yothin's WBC strawweight title. Uh, May 5th, the Carson uh, in California and HBO. We have Gennady Glovkin versus Vaniz uh, Marta Rosayan. 12 rounds for Glovkin's WBA WBC middleweight title. We also have Cecilia uh, Brekus versus Kali Reese. 10 rounds for Brekus's WBA WBC, WBO, IBF, women's welterweight title. Uh, London on AWE, we have Emmanuel Rodriguez versus Paul Butler. 12 rounds for the vacant IBF bantamweight title. Moving on to MMA, May 4th, King of the Cage under siege uh, in Alpine, California. May 4th, Invicta FC 29, Kaufman versus Lehner. Uh, and that is in Kansas City, Missouri. And that is it. And that is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Let's not forget, this was supposed to be the uh, weekend that uh, Golovkin fought uh, Canelo Alvarez. Right. After we talked to Kenny Moore from Second to None Promotions, uh, I'm going to give my take on um, uh, the developments with the Canelo case. Mm-hmm. Um, I but- also have that game that we didn't play last week, which I thought Cody would be here. But he's not. But you guys can play. I'm in. All right. All right. So second half of the show is brought to you by uh, Second to None Promotions. Friday, May 11th at the Ford Community and Performing Arts Center in Michigan Avenue, Dearborn, uh, Michigan. Uh, you can get tickets. The best of tomorrow is uh, Pro Boxing. Uh, tickets are available at 313-937-3732. And we are going to call up here Kenny Moore. Uh he is part of Second to None Promotions and hear about this fight card. Hopefully he answers. Sweet. <laughs> We're a little early. We're never early. Oh, by a couple minutes. The mailbox. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll try him back in three minutes. Hey, Kenny, if you're listening, you need to uh, 
Uh, either clear out your if mailbox. He, was he would know he'd be calling him. I know. You need to either clear out your mailbox or establish one. As, that is the most frustrating <laughs> thing for me when you call someone. It's like the person who you're trying to call has a mailbox which has not been set up yet. Or the person you are trying to call's mailbox is full. Uh, my most frustrating thing is when you call people with cell phones and they don't pick up. Yeah, and <laughs> well, you but know. sometimes you can't pick up right away. I'm talking. Sometimes I'm talking inner don't circle. Like keep their phone attached to them at all times. This, that's not me. You know, I walk away from it. That is not me. What do you got? That's why, it, you, you, that's why you gotta have right no, here. No, I am not. Right the whole the point holster? is to walk away from it for nope. a little bit. Nope. Sundays attach. <laughs> Sundays I you can't lately. I do. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of which, did you hear about the new law coming out in New York or that they're trying to push in New York? No. It will make it illegal to answer your email or any work-related thing outside of work hours. So, like, for instance, let's say that you are uh, – you, you work at a company and somebody shoots you an email after hours. It, it will technically be illegal for you to read that email and respond. What if you're an independent contractor? Uh, then you don't have – they're talking about firms that have like a specific like nine to five or like – These the are hourly employees. The and hourly employees. If you're, if you're an, on, on if, the clock. If you are a contracted uh, – if you're an independent contractor, then your work hours are whatever you want your work hours to be. You set your own schedule. This is – basically what this is is it, it is allowing employees to disconnect – from their uh, employers and not be harassed by work-related things outside of business hours. Can I get an amen? Can I get now, a is, down, Does New York, do they em- employ the um, ideas of mental health days as well? Uh, I don't as know. part of their... I, honestly, I don't know. Is that like just, the Disney thing? Like where you can call up unhappy? There are yeah, there are certain companies that allow you to take mental health days because they believe that your mental health is as important as your physical right. health. Right, and I mean there there are uh, yes, there are a lot of companies, and I I honestly think that um, that it should be across the board that all companies need to provide sick time, but also besides just physical health. They need to ha- they need to have mental health days as well. Now, if you want to combine, you know, physical health and mental health, you know, that's fine. If you want to, like, you know, let's say you get a week, you say, okay, you get three days of physical health and you get three days of mental health. You choose use them however you want. You know, I I could see that too. But yeah, you there are companies that say you know what i'm just i need a break i need a minute i you know whatever and that you can take a mental health day which i think is a great idea cuz we as a country are very very behind most of the rest of the civilized world when it comes to mental health well i was a so i was a manager for a company and i can't reveal the name here but i was a manager do for it. a company do it, do it. no do it. They'll, what they'll sue how how so, can they sue you don't work for them anymore no, they'll sue just because. But this is a true story. Um, so these stores um, that had managers, there you couldn't take sick time. If you were sick, they would make you come in because the store doesn't open if you don't come in. So you, there was no way that's actually illegal possible for you to take a sick. Yeah, day. that's actually illegal. This was before Aiden, my son, was born. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, that's that's illegal. That's highly illegal. I think I knew that. 
Yeah. But see, here's the thing. But. Did you have a union? Did you have any kind of union? Well, I was management. I know. So I'm saying, did you have any kind of union? Did they have a union? You as a manager, were you you a part of a union? Okay. That that is why unions exist. I'm talking people maybe under me. Like there's no way you could take a day off. And it was was established through like you can't take a day off. Right. But that's highly illegal. Oh, I agree. Yes. I'm just saying. I know. I, I understand that. What I'm you don't go in, store don't open, stuff like that happens. That's when you call that's when you have an on call where the manager who is not you or one of the other managers can open the store or you have a backup. You never put it all on one person. I didn't like the company anyways. I it's all, I was just, I was was just it, telling was you. Was it was it Sam Goody? <laughs> Sam Goody. I don't know. Sam to the record store. I actually oh, worked shit. for the company, the the company oh, that owned that Suncoast, or I think it was. I did work at Suncoast, yeah. and then I went on the media play. For, I was with that company for yeah. probably. Oh goodness! No, I, I knew somebody. Years. I knew somebody who worked for Sam Goody. They started off as just like a on floor floor salesperson, and then they made it all the way up to manager, and that was the same thing. Was you couldn't take a sick day, and she got extremely sick and took a sick day. And they fired her, and then we turned around and sued them because uh, it is illegal to not allow one of your employees to have a sick day when they are I would very agree. sick. Yeah, and and we and they and and she won the case. I mean, it wasn't basically the case was a small amount of restitution, and that they had to give her her job back. At which point in time, she had already gotten another job. Well, she got her go job. Back. She got her. Well, she walked in, basically did the. Um, oh God, what movie is that? <laughs> Uh, um, is it half baked? Where he's like, "Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out of here." Oh and no! Then, yeah, she just never seen that one. Uh, she she uh just came in, you know, got her job back. She came in that day and said, "Oh, by the way, I quit." And yeah, and just left. So, but Suncoast, uh, I think might have the worst purchase I ever made. Everyone has a few of them, but. Uh, when GoldenEye came out with uh, Pierce Bronson. The I movie bought... or the Nintendo 64 game? No, 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 the movie. Okay. I went into Suncoast in a local mall and I bought the VHS collection of all the James Bond VHSs. So like it came in yeah. and it was like $211. Okay. I never watched one of them. And I walked out of Suncoast. <laughs> Imagine paying VHS like for the yeah. from Sean yeah, Connery, yeah. Doctor No, all the way to Goldeneye, like two hundred and eleven dollars or yeah. something. And I never watched one of wow. them. Wow. Well, that's be your kind. Fault. Rewind. That's your fault. Be kind. Rewind. Uh, did it have the George Lazenby one too? Uh, no, the Sean Connery offbeat one. No, it was just the. Is that the one that where Sean Connery did it with? Uh, no, the famous actress. No, it's no. George Lazenby was Bond. Oh, no. That one was in there. Yeah. Every, every, everyone, everyone. There was one where Sean Connery did in the early 80s that he was James Bond, but it is not tied to the people. Okay. You'd have to look it there's, up. There's he a came one back. Off. Yeah. There was a, there's a couple of one-offs. I think Jane Fonda or someone really famous is in it with yeah. him. Um, it's horrible, though. It's, <laughs> it doesn't, it's, not a, it's not a James Bond movie. Right. Let's try Kenny Moore again. If not, we'll move on to Canelo and then uh, the game. Because it is 810. Now we're late. Mm-hmm. 
mailbox belonging right. to 313. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move on to Canelo Alvarez here, really. Um, so if you'll go back and listen to old undercards, um, you'll notice that I was not. Which you can by going to SoundCloud Podcast Detroit Studios or Podcast Detroit and then look for the undercard. Awesome. So you'll notice that I was very neutral on the Canelo Alvarez thing. Very disappointed by the news that he might have taken uh, steroids or as. I think the first time we didn't believe it or there was a false thing. Right. So the the whole thing was (laughs) that. Michelle looks so sad. The 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 whole thing no, was tired. Oh, uh, um, the the whole thing was that he had a defense that he ate uh, beef, and it was tainted, right? Correct. So uh, Dan Raphael broke the news that Canelo Alvarez submitted a hair follicle testing at the request of the Nevada Nevada State Athletic Commission, and the test came back negative for the banned performance enhancing drug. Celebrutal. I can't pronounce shit. Some Le- drug. Yeah. Uh, leading some credence to Alvarez's insistence at his uh, two positive drug tests for the substance in February, which caused his rematch with the unified middleweight uh, world champion Gennady Golovkin to be canceled, were caused by eating contaminated beef. The Nevada Commission collected hair samples from Alvarez on March 29th, and they were tested at the Sports Medicine uh, Research and Testing Lab. Uh, 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 accredited lab in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, the results documented, which were provided to ESPN, was returned on April 20th with a single note in the section reserved for analyst details. Hair sample tested for the the thing you we uh, tested positive for salinbutyrol was not detected. The negative hair follicle test is notable because while Salibuterol is detected uh, detectable in urine for less than a week after it's ingested. The drug can be detected in hair for several months. This would appear to lend credibility to Alvarez's assertion that he was uh, positive for trace amounts of it in random urine tests conducted by the Voluntary Anti-Doping Association in his hometown of Mexico on February 17th and February 20th because he consumed a small amount that was present in the meat he ate as opposed to taking larger doses of the substance as part of the doping program. That would be more likely to remain in his hair follicles for Mars after he stopped talking about it. So basically, the hair follicle comes back and there's no traces of what caused this multi-million dollar fight not to happen. Now, right. let's look at the positives. Canelo Alvarez had knee surgery. His knee wasn't going to be apparently 100%. And we're getting this fight September 15th. They've not announced it yet, mm-hmm. but everybody in boxing knows this fight's happened September 15th. Uh, so we will allegedly good oddity. No, I, I, no, I mean, saying, unless something it, wild happens to Golovkin this weekend. I, well, no, what I'm saying is unless something happens before the fight, like something happened right. before the fight this time. That's what I'm saying. So it's not a guarantee. It's, it's, it's happening it's barring yeah barring anything else happening again so i have a a brief statement on it it get jimmy and rochelle's opinion on it if you can test for something but then a hair follicle test which is shows over months uh, a history of abusing or something why isn't just everything hair follicle because now i have to go back through everybody's credibility 
Okay, but like those organizations don't have money. No, I'm. But I mean, uh, UFC have money. So no, now that, that would be exactly my thought. Would be you know cost. It's 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 not cost effect. It's cost effective to do if you're doing a a a, a deeper search. But as a right off the bat thing, because there's so much that you can catch on a urine test that you don't need a hair test for. And a hair test costs so much more money than a urine test. Right. So I it, it, it with the amount of fighters and the amount of people that they need to test, I mean, I a urine test is going to catch a good chunk of it. But if you need to dig deeper, then yeah, you're going to want to do a, then how a about, cheek swab or I a would, hair swab. How about a urine test tests you positive, then you automatically have to pay for the hair follicle test. Because it, I think it also takes too long to do the hair follicle test. The urine test, I believe you can get results within like 48 hours or something well, like that. it's happened but, in the past where a no decision comes back. And right. I mean, you well, know, what I'm saying is I think, I think, and I could be wrong. Uh, but I think the urine test takes like 24 to 48 hours, but a hair test takes like a week. So I, that's probably why they don't do that because it's going to be too late anyways. Or Rochelle, what were you going to say about? See, my thought would be, okay, this is going to, this is one of the big fights. Like for the main events, I would do it. Okay. Yeah. Because now, now I don't know about John Jones. I mean, I, it just throws <laughs> everything out of there. I really don't. I mean, I was, as I said before, I'd like to think – I think I said it for weeks. I'd like to think that Canelo didn't cheat, and I, I kept saying I didn't know. I mean, I mean, right. who knows? And then here it comes back. Uh, first off, now Golovkin looks like an idiot because Golovkin went out on the offensive after this about, oh, you know, he's cheater, this, that. Was saying Maybe he didn't use the exact words cheater, but it was not kind to Canelo in any freaking manner. And Canelo, people – just like any retraction in a newspaper or news article, the casual boxing fan, this is going to hang over his head forever, yeah. even though apparently it did come from beef, yeah. which in Mexico, one of my boxing <laughs> friends said that they they purposely inject him with steroids, so we, they become bigger, yeah. the cattle. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's very common. Yeah. Well, know? it's common, I mean, probably not as much as in McDonald's Mexico. McDonald's chickens and stuff like that. You know, the like pink the, slime? Well, right, but like you've you've heard but in the past yes. of maybe animals genetically being... modifying animals so they produce more Correct. meat, more eggs, more allegedly whatever. McDonald's. Allegedly, yeah, but but yeah. for sure in Mexico, not allegedly. Well, but I mean, it's not a uncommon practice, especially if you're a farmer who's trying to get the most out of the you know the amount of cattle he has, and it's been a lean year. And they haven't been able to beef up enough, so he knows that if he takes them to market, that he's not going to get his money's worth. So he beefs them up with steroids and makes them hardier so that he can get more money for them. Now, so you're you're in this interesting, really gray area here, and this is why it's gray. So I've known people that have tested positive for marijuana. In, in fighting, and allegedly they have said that I've been around people that have smoked it, but I haven't smoked it, and you kind of believe that maybe they got it secondhand. Uh, but the the whole adage is you're responsible for all your surroundings. Yeah. So the Canelo suspension is probably still a good suspension because you you got to be in control of the situation, know about the beef stuff, and then you yeah. test it. But it does lead – uh, credence to what he said, or it um, or it changes 
the way you look at him as he wasn't purposely ingesting this stuff to get a competitive right. edge. He ate it. Um, so the hair follicle test there. comes back and absolutely uh, thank God because Canelo Alvarez is a huge guy. But I didn't see him – I didn't see Under Armour have his stuff around anymore. Like this cost Canelo yeah. a lot of effing money. Yeah, um, It's going to be interesting to see what lawsuits or, or what may happen. But September 15th, this fight for sure is going to happen unless something crazy happens yeah. with Golovkin. Uh, but Jimmy, you got of them. yeah, Jimmy, you got a game for us. We might not get Kenny Moore this week. He might he might be next week. But um, yeah, Jimmy, so, tell us this game. So it's just I mean it's just uh so in honor of Infinity War, which we have a ton of superheroes who all make appearances in Infinity War. You know, you have Iron Man, Spider Man, Thor. You know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, all the, all the, all those people. So I'll, there's a lot of, uh, fighters that have, uh, nicknames that sound like they could be superheroes. Right. And there's some superheroes who have names that sound like something you might hear a fighter have. So basically, uh, I'm going to, uh, give you a name and you tell me if you think it's a superhero, if it's a fighter, or if it's both. Okay. okay. So our options are, are superhero. Yep. Fighter or both. Yep. And then how – what are we playing up to because we're very competitive here? Uh, we'll play up to uh, – we'll just go through all of them and then see how, how – Okay. You know. And are you going to snake it? Whoever you start with and they get like back and then two here. Well, no, no. Every, there, it's just you there. and me. It's just you. It's so you all both right. say – Let's now see you it. can you can both agree and just you know and you you make a mark okay uh, the black assassin fighter mm-hmm. okay yep that is a fighter so uh, you get one of those uh, I'm sorry I'm trying to I have a lot of lot of paperwork here uh, Nova superhero both. Both. Uh, she is correct. That is superhero. Um, touch of sleep. Mm-hmm. Superhero. Uh, superhero. Superhero. Fighter. Fighter. Uh, you are correct. It is a fighter. Oh, good God. Daveril. <laughs> Daveril. Touch of sleep. Williamson. Uh, Booster gold. No fighter. Fighter. No, that is actually a superhero. Oh. He is he is one of the Justice League. Oh my. Yep. Uh he pays his dues. He just doesn't yep. get time on the issues. The Beast. Well, that's both. Both. You're correct. That is both. Uh, the, uh really quickly, Rochelle's up four too. Okay. Uh the body <laughs> snatcher. <laughs> uh comic only. Both. It is a fighter. <laughs> oh, none of us win. <laughs> yeah, it is a fighter. Mike, the body snatcher, McCollum. Yeah. Uh, the Spectre. Uh, that is a superhero. Superhero. Yep, that is correct. That is a superhero. All right, Rochelle, 5-3. Bone Crusher. That is a fighter Both. only. Uh, fighter only. I could not mm. find the Bone Crusher on, uh, on the comic books. James Bone Crusher Smith. Um, let's go with Legionaris. 
I'm going to say that's a superhero, superhero. only. Uh, no, actually, that's an MMA fighter. What? Alessio Legionaris Sakara. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go with um, the Iceman. That is both. That is both. That is both. All that right. is correct. Chuck the Iceman Liddell and the Iceman, one of the X-Men. Uh Simtex. He was also in Top Gun. Simtex, yes. just a superhero. Yeah. Actually, it's an MMA fighter. What? Yep. Uh, his name is Paul Simtex Daly. Um, Iron Fist. Both. No, just a fighter. Actually, it is a superhero. Is a Marvel superhero, part of the Defenders. Um, So yeah, I could not, I could not find Iron Fist with the fighters. So I'm just gonna say superhero. Uh, This is an easy one, Punisher. Uh, Both. Both. Oh nope, actually just just a superhero. superhero. Jinx, antihero, just easy. Antihero, actually. Yep. Uh, Let's go with Shogun. Ah, fighter. Superhero. Uh, it is a uh, fighter. It's uh, – oh, what is the name? Uh, Makurio Shogun Rua. Um, Where are you ahead? <laughs> oh, we're tied. We're tied. We're tied. Officially. Tied. All right. Well, that's that's perfect uh, because we got one more left. I was going to say, this isn't Little League. We're not finishing with the tie. No. We got one more left. The Boogeyman. Uh, both. Fighter. Just a fighter. Yeah. The boogeyman, Jesse Ferguson. Bam. <laughs> Unbelievable. And Rochelle wins the game. Again. That's actually, that's actually a fun game. Yeah. You know, technically I'm a member of the media, so <laughs> the ones that were just hit superhero only, I'm just going to crown everybody. Actually, you should send me the list, and I'll start throwing them in there as journalists, and people will be like, who started ta- calling them that? Yeah. Yeah, there, there was. A, I mean, there was a couple of them that. I mean, uh, they were obviously, you know, the Brown Bomber, uh, the Boxer. Easton Assassin, um, mm. the Flushing Flash, uh, Zombie Warrior from uh, UFC. Remember the fighter that kept coming yeah. forward? I mean, that was his name. Uh, uh, they'd advertise on a poster, Zombie Warrior. Yeah, there, there is one uh, that uh, uh, the Undertaker. I was like, wait, isn't that a wrestler? But no, that's his. That that's his actual name. All right, we have found Kenny Moore. He was in oh, bad. Good. He was okay. in bad reception. He is uh, said he's in good reception now. So we're going to queue it up, and then uh, we're going to finish with this interview, and we'll be back next week too. Hello. Hey, Kenny. This is Brad. You're live on the air with the Undercard. How are you today? Uh, I feel pretty good. What's happening? Uh, not too much. Uh, second to None Promotions is uh, throwing the best of tomorrow uh, for uh, Friday, May 11th, 2018. Doors open 7 p.m., first bout at 8 p.m. This has happened at the Ford Community and Performing Arts Center in Dearborn, Michigan. Tickets are available by calling 313-937-3732 or 248-567-2577. Uh, welcome back to the show, Kenny. Uh, since we last seen you, 
Things have been uh, going well for uh, Second to None. Uh, t- tell us uh, about your attendance and your growth. Man, I mean, it's been doing really well. I mean, as far as like, um, um, doing four shows in one calendar year, I feel real good about that. Uh, these tickets right here for this May 11th show is literally flying. I met with um, three fighters today. They doubled up on the tickets that I already gave them. So I don't know how many seats will be available. So anybody that's looking forward to coming to the show needs to get them ASAP. Now, this is a new venue for you, which uh, holds about like 895, I think you said, or something. But uh, you're, you're expecting close to a sellout, if not a sellout, um, and you're encouraging fans. But uh, this is uh, – you guys are headed in the right direction. You, your crowds are getting bigger. The fight cards are getting longer. Tell us some of the keys to the success. You know what? Um, honestly, being fair. Being fair with the fighters. Uh, you know, trying to work with guys that I noticed weren't getting opportunities because they weren't signed to to um to, to companies. So you know, I just wanted to do everything different. Like I told you from the you know back in March of last year, you know, this is what I this is my passion. I really feel strong about um you know what I'm doing and where I'm headed. You know what I mean? So my whole thing was to kind of sort of shine with everybody. I want to, I want to grow and I want to watch, you know, the local guys in Detroit, you know, get, get, getting that, um, getting that prime time spot. Now, uh, if, if you don't know, uh, and, and people might not know because they might not be your friend on Facebook, but you, you posted about a week ago, a social media post that I want to tell you, if I didn't message you privately, I agreed with, I think, 95% of what you said in that social media post about Mm -hmm. A-sides and B-sides. It's been a problem here in Michigan for a long time where a a lot of fighters, um, I don't want to say pick their opponents, I don't want to say, but you brought up a great point in that um, people on the A-side expect to be still paid or expect to get a percentage but going into the fight, mathematically almost, there's no way for them to lose. They're fighting somebody that isn't exactly. the quality. You went on this great rant that I, I just have to tell you was absolutely great. I totally believe it. I, I get to see both sides. I see the fighter side, and obviously I see the production side of the promoters. But you brought up all great points. Um, touched on some highlights uh, for people that didn't get to see the social media posts. As a promoter, some problems you might have with some fighters that don't want to fight anybody quality. Exactly. And, you know, even with that being said, some fighters that were like their first time working with me, I still was giving guys, I thought, a generous percentage off of sales that they individually made. 25, 30%, you know, small guarantee. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm willing to eat that. And I was allowing you guys to get a uh, 25 or 30% um, boost of what they sell just to encourage them to sell more. You know what I mean? And they even broke. But, you know, it, it, I think that the, the thing that really got into my skin in that particular case was nobody really understands how much money it costs to put on each fight. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but, but, you know, it, it really gets up there. You know what I mean? Between the medical bills and expenses and the purse. And, you know, like I said, if, if you're willing to fight 
a 50 50 fight, I'll gladly pay whatever that's worth. You know what I mean? Whatever it's worth, I'll put it up. But I mean, if you want more of a guaranteed win, a tune up, you're not a part of my company. I'm working with you anyway. You know what I mean? We got, what, what, what more do you want? You know what I mean? There's only so much I can do. I'm already starting in the negative at the beginning of every show, 10,000 or better. You know yep. what I mean? So I don't have to climb out of that hole right there. You know, but I have to make the fight make sense. You know what I mean? My whole thing is putting on fights that the audience will enjoy, not for these individual guys to uh, blow. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. We got to work together if it's going to work. Now, those points are all great points, and something I talked to Rochelle about, maybe Jimmy's heard me say, is that you get my age and maybe your age, and some of these boxers you're frustrated with because they don't have an appreciation of youth. Like, you know, you know, sure, you're getting a win against a, a fight that you should have won, and it builds your record, but you've also lost three or four months of your prime or your career where, you know, I always say it's it's one leg in the water, one leg on uh, on the pool deck and you can't run around the pool deck and you can't, uh, you know, you got to jump in and, and see where you're at. Um, all these points you brought up in your social media post, um, which I thought was great because, you know what, everybody, you know, says, hey, why don't we have more shows in Detroit? I'll tell you honestly, the reason is because it's expensive there, you know, and it's it's difficult to make money. And that's why a lot of people don't throw a lot of shows. And it takes skill and it takes um, a good cards to keep people coming back. You know, you, you'll always have the, the, the strong boxing crowd. But the general boxing crowd who doesn't fall, they want to see good fights. So you had this no great doubt. post where you're like, hey, I want to throw competitive cards. And I want to. I want it to be as closely matched as possible, which we see down in Ohio, Kenny. I mean, you you've been down there too, and I know you work with Vic yeah. Green. Their commission doesn't yeah. allow a lot of fights that we have here at Mission. So I just wanted to give you hundred percent kudos for this little post. Um, I thought it was really good um, because, like I, you know, from my age at forty. You you only have one youth, you know, and I don't care if it is another win in your record. You know, you're losing some of your youth. There's another four months that went by where you didn't build on something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something else I wanted to really, really get the point across, and I know most of the trainers, you know, they're trying to help the fighters out and you know build this relationship with these fighters. And I think it's really a lot of trainers making it difficult on fighters. With um, with some of the advice, you know, when it comes to uh, to comes to the shows, because here you have I think my my main point is this: I think if you can, if you are able to get a hold to a manager, I think that's the best option versus allowing trainers to conduct that manager's job because trainers are you know familiar with getting paid. The managers are used to putting the money out. So they understand how much it costs each time their fighter is involved. The right. trainers, you know what I'm saying, they ain't really too familiar with it. But, but I'll tell you this, a few years that I got into conversations with that I was going to work with, put them on the show, and um, they went and back, told their trainers what my offer was, and came back to me with, well, how much am I getting paid? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I was like, okay, listen. I have no problem with paying you. I have put on that I personally match myself 
in between um, my three cards, I've had, I believe, three different fights where they were undefeated guys versus undefeated guys. One, I'll bring up Angelo Snow, who was 6-0, five knockouts. He fought Vernon Brown. I matched that myself. Yep. You know, one from Ohio, one from Chicago. You know, those guys got paid well to put that all on the line. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't mind that. You know what I mean? This is sort of same thing for the Detroit guys. If you want to fight somebody stiff, you want to fight somebody of your level, I'm okay with paying you. If you calling me telling me I want somebody to own a corpse, I can't pay for that. My audience won't enjoy it. I won't enjoy it. And I'm going to feel really sick at the end of the day when I've paid both sides for you know, a fight that wasn't worth, you know what I'm saying, lit. Yep. You can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I should be being paid for putting you on the car if you're not a part of my company. It's really that simple. And I weigh that fee with a lot of people, but that's about to change. You know what I mean? Like, just due to a couple people. You know, I'm going to still keep a solid relationship with, with the guys that keep a solid, you know, to keep it real with me. But other than that, I mean, you know, I'm going to have to make some adjustments. Nobody appreciate what what was really happening. Now, we're joined by Kenny Moore from Second to None Promotions. Uh, next Friday, May 11th, Pro Boxing is back. Uh, doors open at 7, first bout 8 p.m. at Ford Community and Performing Arts Center. Uh, tell us a little bit about this card. Who who can we see on it? Um, a lot of a lot of good talent on this card. Tell us about mm-hmm. it. Well, as of right now, I have um, 12 bouts matched, approved, solid. You know, um, 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 Amir Khan, he's fighting uh, Devontae Jennings. Curtis Head is doing a rematch with Robert Sim, um, which those guys debuted with each other. I believe both of them made the debuts together. Um, Robert Sim beat that. He, he won that first fight. Um, Curtis Head, he's gotten a lot better since. I think that fight will be really competitive. You know, really, you know, I'm looking forward to that. You know, heavyweight belt. Those guys are evenly matched. Um, oh, what else is that? Uh, um, Leon Lawson, he's like a really tough guy. Tuka Williams uh, from Pennsylvania area. You know, he, he got a solid fight. Uh, Jalen Stevenson. Oh, who else we have? Um, Christian White, he's making his debut against a 2-1 uh, Donnie Reeves from St. Louis. You know what I mean? So these guys are they're in. They, nice. they are in deep. You know, Jafar Mohammed, he's making his return. Yep, going for his third or fourth win, I think. Uh, or, yeah, he, he's yeah. early in his career, but a good fighter, Southpaw Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got him a really, really, really solid fighter. Um, this guy, he fought um, He fought uh, James Gordon Smith. He fought the guy who um, who stopped James Gordon as well. He did, he did some good rounds with a lot of good fighters, so I'm looking forward to that. But, um, a lot. K1 Strickland making his professional debut. Um, got a lot going on. A lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of locals versus locals taking that risk. Well, we want to think. Know? We want to thank you so much for joining us a week before uh, anybody that knows uh, a boxing promotion a week before. There's a lot going on. But we want to thank you, Kenny, for joining us. We appreciate all you do, and we'll see you next week, my man. Okay, thank you. All right, that is Kenny Moore from Second to None Promotions. Once again, it's the best of tomorrow. Four happening Friday, May 11, 2018. Tickets are available at 313-937-3732. As he said, tickets are near sold out. So uh, great venue. 
Uh, one of my favorites, first off, free parking. I, I should say that because there's not places with free parking anymore, and it's just down the street from Fairlane Mall. Uh, yes, it, yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've performed there. Rochelle's performed there. I've I, seen her perform there. I I was the original lighting designer and master electrician for the theater department there. Oh, okay. So the main theater, the studio theater, and then where they do all the uh, boxing events and what used to be the dome room, but now it's just an event center. Mm-hmm. Like all that lighting stuff, that that was me. Like so any – all that, yeah. I – I I ran all three of those things like with a very small crew and I there was one week where or two weeks where I slept in the booth writing cues about 2 hours every night for a good 2 weeks straight. So you're very familiar with that I place. I am <laughs> intimately familiar <laughs> you, you, with that. You know place. the backward. I know how to get into every nook and cranny of that place. I know all the secret places. I know Actually, if I dig out a bunch of my keys, like old, old keys, I think I still have keys, like a master key to (laughs) most of the doors in that place. Nice. If I forget something next Friday, I'm going to be like, Jimmy, grab your keys. I got to go in there and get my briefcase. I got to write a story. (laughs) Uh, Rochelle was in choir back at college, and she actually performed there. I saw her perform there about five, four years ago. Uh, So we're going to wrap it up. We'll be back next week. Uh, Next week. We're going to be discussing the Michigan Golden Gloves, uh, break down what happened this weekend with Golovkin. Uh, so we'll see everybody next week. Have a good one, folks. 